This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Tonight toward, um, well, not the end because we haven't ended. (laughs) Worship hasn't ended. Um, You know, it's just like um, at the beach, there's um, currents that crash into each other. And... um, what is it they call it, Neil, that, um, hmm, riptide. And it's like there's a riptide in this room tonight. There's different currents crashing into other currents. And so um, it's so interesting with those kind of things to me um, because it's not easy to sort of draw out of one of the currents and into another so we won't you do whatever you feel as far as musically up there but um i want i want to share something this wasn't in my notes but in the currents that were just happening toward the i don't know just a little bit ago maybe 10 minutes ago god took me back to an encounter i had with him on a sunday morning in worship this was years ago um probably 15 or more years ago. And um, he was just processing a lot of things with me. You know, life, ministry call isn't really this. Somebody stand at the front with a teaching. A ministry call is God's call to the heart of humanity, to the heart of every human. And um, so down through time, you know, as ones recognize and then take lead roles, then it's just like with parents. I mean, parents aren't the only members of the family. They're not the, you know, they're the babies. Then they become the adults. Then they have babies. So there's always different tides and currents. And so um, I was grappling and processing and whatever you want to call it, humanly speaking. You know, sometimes life unfolds in ways and you're like, oh, what? And so there were just changes coming and things happening and my eyes opening to certain ministry aspects. And, um, and I, was, I, I was like, me? Like certain things I, I just wasn't understanding, the multifaceted expression. Um, but, you know, every one of us, everybody in this room, you have a multifaceted expression. You're not just a one, one thing person. You've got all kinds of thoughts and ideas and capacities and giftings. And, you know, we're far, we're far more powerful and vast and unique and expressive than we would want to admit. So anyway, so I'm standing here in the front and um, got my eyes closed. I'm just worshiping. I'm just loving Jesus. And um, I have never shared this in the public setting. Um, I was just loving Jesus. I was just like, how is it that this man died for all of us? Like this, this man recognized what God wanted to do with his life, and he was the savior of the world. And he chose to save me. And, and not only that, like he's not accounting my crazy to me. I mean, I lived crazy. I was born again at a young age, and I know I was born again. But then I, I took my, you know, my freedom into the world. And... Um, so to be standing in the midst of ministry, this was like 15 years ago, but, but to be standing, not just saved, not just completely accepted, but in ministry, you know, able to touch other people. And 
So I was, you know, that's a season I was in where I was just like kind of in awe. And um, in this worship setting, this particular Sunday morning, I had an amazing vision encounter. Um, Jesus walked right up in front of me. Right up in front of me. And um, he said, I, wa- I want to use your heart. And um, for those of you that know me, I, I mean, worship, like, worship is everything to me. I just like, I'd like to just get gone in worship. You know, Calgon, take me away. Just let's forget life. Let's just worship. Um, but he walked up to me and he said, tip your head back. And when, he, when I tipped my head back, he went like this and he unlocked something and he literally laid the front of my existence down like a keyboard. He said, I'm going to play your heart like a keyboard. And he took me back to that tonight. He said, can I play your heart tonight? Um, which I find interesting because I want to talk, um, I want to talk about the word holy and holiness. And I think there are words in the church setting that we put on these pedestals or we put them in these glass cases and um, we think, I don't know how, I I don't know how this will work in my life. I don't know about you guys, but I know the thoughts I have. And they're not all cute and they're not all Christian. They're They're just not. There are things that go across the screen of my mind that whether they be my own insecurities, my own weakness, whatever, I'm human. Um, if you're afraid to admit you're human, then maybe tonight is for you. <laughs> because I promise you, you're human. Um, and whether, you know, there are some things I've thought no one will ever know, not my closest confidants, some things I'll never verbalize, ever. Only Jesus knows. Um, but I feel like we need to debunk the word holy and holiness. We, we just need to debunk it. We need to... Um, you know, take it out of these realms where we feel like it's something we do, something we yield to, something we finally become at some point. Um, And, you know, some of us, we just know doctrine too well. We know we're the righteousness of God in Christ. But honestly, what does that mean on a day-to-day basis? You know, seriously, like unless each one of us walk that out ourselves with God, with Jesus, with Holy Spirit, we can have all kinds of great knowledge that really never sets us free. Um, so, so I want to look at um, those two words because as I sat with the Lord the other day on my deck, I just felt like he was saying, it's a relationship. That's all, that's all it is. It's a relationship. And there's an empowerment that I give every person willing to hear me. He said, it's so simple. I've given you Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You know, I have this block that I bought at a, like a folk arts and crafts thing, I don't know, years ago. Um, simplify. And every once in a while, that thing almost jumps off the shelf and smacks me. You know, the window sill and just smack. This morning, it just, it didn't really jump off the shelf. But literally, that word just went bam in my face. And I thought, yeah, that tonight's message is simple, really. And so when Jesus took me back to that, you know, I, I just want to unlock you. And I want you to let me play your heart. I don't know about you all, but there's ways God would want to play your heart tonight that will free you from your own 
rigid expectations from expectations you think parents or leaders or bosses or church people or your own church mindset would have. It's not to say that, you know, holiness is not some pure thing, but it's nothing we can attain on our own, right? So I want to just um, tell you a couple of the words first, because um, we'll look into this, but but know that um, part, part of this tonight, you know, last week, Abel taught about living inside, living inside, and um, he taught very, very vulnerably and um, radically. <laughs> if you were here, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the message was so rich and spot on. I mean, there are things God is saying to us. And so I encourage you, there's things he wants to say tonight about holiness um, and sanctification. Because all these words, I mean, like some people say, well, I can't even spell some of them. So, And, and then we try to define them. Anybody ever like try to define the things you think are God's expectations of you? And so we go to somebody knowledgeable and we get a definition and then we ponder that. And because I love that, you know, Rafa, Nate, Abel, all of us for a while doing the kingdom stuff, we've talked a lot about what we think about and what we ponder. And the beautiful thing is that Holy Spirit will guide us in ways that he nudges us in healthy directions. And so anyways... So let me, let me just talk about a couple of these Greek words. Um, one for holy is hagios. It's H-A-G-I-O-S. Hagios. That's the word holy in Greek. And it, it's at its simplest meaning. And I want you to catch this because um, to simplify this aspect, it means to be set apart to God. And I think so often as Christians, we try to set ourselves apart to God. You know, we, we're like, I'm going to be a good girl today. I'm not going to think ugly. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to whatever. Whatever your thing is that you're not going to do. Anybody got some things they're not going to do? I'm going to both hands up because I got a lot of things and I say, I'm not going to do this today. And then just as soon as I make that decision... <laughs> Something, my favorite person, something. Somebody drives like a lunatic, whatever, right? And I'm, I'm using real kind of just common examples because some of us, we just don't want to say some of our stuff out loud. Anybody with me? And I don't care how old or young you are in this room. If you're on the planet, you be human. So it has to do with sanctification, which just means separation to God. And this is what's cool. It's a state of existence into which God calls us by his grace. When he says, and this is what I love. I love this. When he says, Kathy, you're my child. That is simply him saying, I've called you into being set apart with me. So I call you holy. I have set you apart to me. You now have a new spirit. You have a new life. You have new potential. It's all in there. That's, that's what Abel did last week when he had the cylinder and he filled it with wine. 
the intoxication for life, the intoxication that makes living on planet Earth doable, lives in us. The one who sets us apart when we get off track, the one who causes us to know we're off track, isn't that kind of the best thing? I love that I can know when I'm off track. You know why? It proves to me Holy Spirit lives in me. He's talking to me. Only he can give me that revelation that this is not kosher, Kath. Because, you know, some things that would be kosher for you aren't kosher for me. So one of the other words is hagiosmos. I think that's the adjective one. I love these words. They're kind of funny. Hagiosmos. And I'm probably totally butchering it. I'm not a Greek scholar. But you know, I like that too, because you know what? God loves to give us personal definition of words. He likes us to explore and experiment and experience relationship with him. You don't have to be a Greek scholar to look up the Greek of the words in the Bible. Words paint pictures. Greek words paint more vivid pictures than English words. I'm just saying. Start digging a little. Um, so it's an existence that he calls us into by grace. And listen to this. The love of God enables this pattern of behavior. Oh, my goodness. The love of God enables a holy pattern of life. First John 4.19. I'm going to travel around a little bit because... I have the freedom now that I saw the riptide thing going on in worship. So I'm like, I'm not going to sit and literally trust that you know exactly how to put all the pieces together of what I bring. I'm just going to bring what I feel like Holy Spirit told me to bring. And then he'll do whatever he wants to do with it in your life, right? So 1 John um, 4 verse 19. I have to get there. Um. That's not the one that I wanted. 418, that's why. There's no fear in love, but perfected love casts out fear, mature love. You think God has mature love for you? I think sometimes we think if I'm mature in knowing and understanding the love of God. Anybody ever think that way? Like when I get mature, I'll understand and it can cast the fear out. No, it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, meaning you're thinking outside the realm of the mature love of God coming to save us. One of the things that I think is very powerful when you live in Christ is to practice being unafraid and unashamed. A lot of Christians grapple with that because they, there should be remorse. Remorse and shame aren't the same thing. Shame makes you feel dirty. Remorse can sort of be like conviction that Holy Spirit helped me to understand this was not a cool step to take. 
but then he covers us in that place. Do you understand that when we do stuff, when we um, fall prey to our own frailties or whatever, you don't fall out of the redemptive love of God. You actually, okay, hear this. We exist in Christ. Christ is a flowing river of forgiveness. God doesn't forgive you when you confess it. God forgave you before the foundation of the world. And he wants us to begin to live freely in the holy posture for existence that he gave us. See, we think if this body starts walking around and behaving like a Christian, doing all the right stuff, then people will see I'm holy. And God's like, no, no. Before you're going to see it here, you're going to have to grasp it inside your brain, inside your heart. Let your spirit and your soul come into oneness in a gracing that actually gives you the power to not do the thing that you want to do that you shouldn't do. We're going to keep going places, okay? Are you guys with me? I believe I can do it in this amount of time. Who agrees with me? Okay, so the fear, the fear talking about, talked about in 1 John 4.18, it's called phobos. That's the Greek word, phobos. P-H-O-B-O-S, phobos. So it's like phobia. A phobia. You can have a, I think, I think a lot of Christians, in fact, I used to be one of them, have a lot of phobias. You know, like phobiatic behavior. Like I've got a phobia of if I go too far this direction, I'm going to do some wrong things. And if I go too far this direction, it's just the other ditch. And so I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to be a good girl, and I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to sing songs on Sunday, and I'm going to lift my hands, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to shamatata, and I'm going to tithe, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to cuss, and I'm not going to, surely not going to use the Lord's name in vain, which obviously we shouldn't use the Lord's name in vain. But we start thinking about all the things we shouldn't do. Do you know that when you put your attention on something, it actually stimulates the desire? Try to not want a cookie when the cookies are in the cupboard. And then open the cupboard and look at them and tell yourself, I'm not going to eat one. I mean, that's insanity. Seriously, because you look at it and you literally start to salivate. Anybody ever salivated when they saw food? Like, think of a lemon. You'll salivate right now. But it's important that we understand how we're built. Because God built us to be impressed upon by him. This is why he said to Adam and Eve, don't go to that tree. It had nothing to do with apples. It didn't really, I mean, the tree, God created the tree. The tree was beautiful. It was the one. He gave them an opportunity, gave them a thing to submit to because there was going to be one that would trick their humanity. He was going to start teaching them to yield to a different voice, not the holy voice. Um, then verse 19 in 1 John says, we love him because he first loved us. Think about this. God's love. He loved us. He cared for us. He guided us. He gave us insight that led to revelation. Even a little child gets an insight if someone presents to them that they can be born again. A little child will make a decision. I want to pray. My children did it really young. People say, well, I don't, did they really get born again? Do you know God? He says if you call on him, 
you'll be saved. Some of these things, we've made them too difficult. Are you guys with me? Because even in walking in holiness, it's not as difficult as we think. Because the minute we do something wrong, we say we're unholy. We take on a tag, a name, an identity like that. And God says, I would never call you that. Because why? Paul taught us, call those things that be not as though they were. Where did he get that? Where did all these teachers in Scripture get that? God's impress- God inspired them to say these things. Don't speak about yourself what you shouldn't say about yourself. Because then you'll believe that about yourself. How many of us ladies, and maybe men do this too, but when you're young and you, th- you don't think you're pretty and you say, well, she's pretty, but I'm not pretty. And, and then you actually start believing that. Why? Because words paint pictures and words give direction and words take us outside the realm of this set apart place where God says you can live and not die. You can walk in peace and joy and contentment, not depression and oppression. And you see, God is not looking at all the deeds. He's saying there are thoughts that come to you first that begin to direct you. It's like Pastor Barry used to always say, I don't have to do a totally lousy golf swing. I can be off a degree at the tee and it'll be yards from the green. Tonight you can be off that much thinking I'm not really that holy. And God's like, I say you are. I say you are. You see, this is important, guys, because there's a lot going on Please hear me. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, there's a lot going on in the world. And there's a lot of Christians that are calling a lot of people by things God would not call them. And the enemy is devouring the planet. When God said, I've set the planet apart to myself. And moment to moment, I'm begetting offspring all over the planet that will stand up in the gift in the gift i've given understanding their own identity and inviting others in this is so important if if we don't understand it we will never be able to love others the bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself accept your neighbor know yourself then you'll be able to know your neighbor and help them right are you guys with me um, Romans 6. I think I want to do... Do I want to do the message on... I'm going to do the message some tonight because I just love this. Pastor Barry used to call this the gutter Bible, meaning that it was actually the language of the com- common man. And I, I like that. I think that's pretty cool. The language of the common man because some of the, you know, King James and New King James, it's like, what? Like, what are they talking about? Plus, they put it in all kinds of weird order. Right? Anybody ever seen that? Like the sentences aren't even in the right order. I mean, I learned grammar in junior high and it's like, how, who put this together? Um, okay, so let me find my place here. So I'm in um, Romans 6. You know how it is kind of in, in message, they don't have all the, so I'm a, at approximately the right place, I believe, because I drew lines. <laughs> I drew lines. So um, I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. 
You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. Remember I talked about shame and all of that. You know, we, we just think, okay, I'm acting crazy, and, but I don't want anybody to know, and I'll smile and go to church. But inside I'm thinking, I'm, I'm a wicked person. Anybody ever thought that about themselves? Some of you are young and you've probably never thought that about yourself, but I'm not young. Um, and how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom, your lives healed and expansive in holiness, expansive. Probably not a one of us in this room would have the audacity to say we live in expansive holiness, but we do. We're born again by the Spirit of God, and we are sealed up with Christ in God. I don't think you can get any more pure and holy than that. So it's almost like we're constantly in a cleansing cycle. No, seriously. We're constantly in a cleansing cycle. God has forgiven us before we even realize we've done wrong. So it's like you're always on the spin cycle. It's always like, okay, it's okay. The detergent's in there. Jesus' blood is in there. You're spinning around in the washing machine. The spots can't stick. As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? I mean, I remember my crazy days. Oh, you know, while I was under some influence, I might have felt free. But then I realized this is not the right kind of life. And then I would just go that direction again because then you forget. And so then you do it so much that you harden your own thinking to even think about what's right and wrong. Um, did you call that free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now, that's for sure. Uh, I'm saying that's for sure. Where did it get you? A dead end. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin, and I'm going to clarify sin. See, some of these I knew, I'm so glad Jesus took me back to that one encounter because sometimes when you're realizing like God's going to have you talk about sin and holy and holiness, and it's like, oh, they're going to love that. <laughs> but now that you have found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise, a whole healed, put together life right now with more and more life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. Not because, and please hear this, not because God says, I hate sinners and I hate sin. So I'm putting the death penalty on them. We put it on ourselves. Free will, free choice. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. So there was a term, and I think I might have said it to you last time I taught. Pastor Barry used to use this, this term regarding um, doctrine, truth, and our life. There's the legal and the vital. So many of us, we've, we've done the legal part, and we've gotten born again, and we may, you may or may not, but some of us, we know doctrines, and so we know this path that is actually appropriate for us Christians. 
and we walk this legal place. But what about the vital aspect? God didn't want a bunch of legalistic, just well-behaved children. I mean, think about it. Some of you may have had parents like this. Maybe you have parents like this because we have some young people in the room, and you may have parents like this, that, you know, you go into public and they want you to behave properly. I mean, I was raised on etiquette and good manners and all of that, but we had a lot of relationship at home. So it wasn't, it didn't lack the vital relational kind of stuff. But there was an expectation, okay? So in God, you can be the same way. In church, in Christianity, you can have the legal but miss what God actually intended, which is Peace, and, and I think you said it at, at our prayer time, Chris, that r- the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not, not just fun in the Holy Ghost, but joy, that thing that's a strength in our life that we're not depending on our own proper behavior. We're depending on the fact that we have a faithful Heavenly Father who paid a very high price to give us freedom, to give us peace of mind. You with me? Okay, Um, I'm going to go to Romans 8. With the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. See, if we actually could on our own walk a sinless life, why did Jesus have to die? I mean, we have to think about some of these things, guys. Like, why would God pay a price if we could do something? On our own. Remember I said when, when you look at things, it makes the temptation greater. So if we have a challenge, if, if you're in this room tonight and you have any kind of a challenge, any challenge at all, that you feel like, mm, this is definitely not God in my life. To try to get free from that is so futile. Because the more you look at it and the more guilty you feel, there are things that transpire inside of us that split our soul and our spirit. The power of God is in our spirit. Our soul can begin to perpetuate these ideas and we become a split personality. That's, that's what basically what happened to Adam is his power to even know that God was still talking to him. God didn't walk away when he fell. When he made a mistake, and this is where I want to address sin, and I'm doing air quotes for anybody listening online. Sin. Sin isn't really the deed. I'm going to say it again. Seriously, breathe deep. Sin is not the deed. Sin is separation. Separation from the one who will guard our thoughts, guard our heart, give us the power. However, if we step aside from the one who guides us, Kevin's not offended. I'm just, I knew he was leaving. Love you. Tell Gina I said, hey. <laughs> That was the perfect time for you to get up and go. (laughs) But it's important for us to know this because we think we're horrible if we do certain things. And if we will simply go inside and say, where was I mentally? 
You know, where am I existing mentally regarding myself, regarding God? Maybe you don't know how close God wants to be with you. Maybe you don't know that forgiveness is flowing to you all the time. And forgiveness empowers us to accept acceptance, to know he's forgiving me all the time. If I'm living in a river of forgiveness that God paid for with the blood of Jesus, and he actually paid the price before the foundation of the world, because the Bible says Jesus Christ crucified from before the foundation of the world. So Jesus fixed it before it broke. These are important things because these are things we can't do. These are things we can't do. I love to find out what I can't do. Because then I don't have to do a bunch of work that I shouldn't worry about doing. Are you all with me? So if I find myself in one of my crazy places again, I just am like, okay, where have I been in my thoughts? With Have I been thinking separate from the way he's trained me to think? Have I been taking thoughts from an enemy voice? Or maybe somebody around me? Or maybe a wrong teacher? God love. I mean, he loves all the wrong teachers. He just would like them to hear him. Because you sow seed. And if you sow seed that makes legalists and judges and criticizing people in the earth and high and mighty, pious Christians, God's like, that's not how I build my children. So all of this, um, I didn't finish that, did I? Here we go. God went for the juggler when he sent his own son. The enemy's juggler. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on, hear this, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. So when we take our thoughts and we begin to think about, okay, Jesus did all this. Jesus actually is living in me right now. And if you study the word or get a scripture, he lives in you by the power of that scripture to set you apart to life, not death, to set you apart to the gracing to live on planet earth, to set you apart, um, to stand up against things that tempt you or taunt you or worse, haunt you. Anybody's um, habits or anything else haunt you? It can haunt you. I remember there was a um, there was a, a an addiction type thing that uh, program that we had, and a lot of people here that were going into this class um, were smokers and stuff, and um, probably a couple that smoked weed too, but I don't know. But anyways, but there were some that like just couldn't give up their cigarettes, and they, and they knew health wise they wanted to do it. So anyways, the first thing, and when I heard this, it made me laugh out loud. Um, the counselor, the first thing the counselor said was, um, don't stop, don't stop smoking. Because if you do it right now, you're going to do it in your own power. But then that counselor began to teach the word of God and the power to walk in, in safety, which is what holiness is. When we walk in the holy place and the beginning of walking in a holy place is in our thinking. Like, let yourself think how God thinks of you. Let yourself think how even this aspect of, and I want to read some stuff from my notes because I think this is, um, this is important stuff. Have we made holiness an accomplishment rather than a relationship? Now let's look at this. Sin is separation, not a deed. When we walk 
separately. Now, you know you're never really divided from God. You're never really separated from God. Okay, I'm going to say something, it might might freak you out. But you go away and you read the scriptures and you ponder it with God. After the deed in the Garden of Eden, Adam does, they do the thing, and then God is talking to them. God didn't turn his back and walk away. This is real important, guys. You're not going to generally hear this in church settings. The focus is going to be on the fall, not the redemptive love. So God's calling out to Adam, which is, he does that with me all the time, like, Kathy, do you know where you are? Like, those crazy thoughts you're having, do you know why you're having those thoughts? Let me just sort of give you a clue, girl, where you're at right now. You know, like when you're ticked off, like way ticked off, and you can feel yourself slip into the flesh, and you just start, I start practicing in my brain, like, or, you know, almost like rehearsing, like when I see her, and she asks me this question, and this is what I'm going to say to her, and then she's going to say this back. I know what she's going to say, because she thinks she's right. And then I'm going to say, anybody ever rehearsed an entire conversation in their brain like that? I know the minute I start that, I am not in the spirit. I'm going to defend my position. Why am I defending it? Because I know somewhere I'm a little off. So I have to defend it. Because I can't let that person get it over on me. Anybody else? I mean, we're human. I don't care how sanctified you think you are. You're going to have some thoughts about other humans that are like, what, Jesus, you made that person? Please, why? And they're probably saying the same thing about me. Why'd you make her like that? Okay. So back to the separation. So you can walk separately, and when we do that, we're capable of anything. You need to understand that if you separate yourself from the mindset of God, the truths of God, you are capable of anything. If you progressively do it through your life, this is how people fall into wrath and are able to commit murder. Murder doesn't come out of a vacuum. It's people who have walked a certain place and, and the vileness and the violence inside just gets bigger and bigger and bigger to where anger can cause you to do anything. And you can take it to any place you want to take it. But God says, I got, I got other ideas for you. And if you'll let Holy Spirit guide your thinking, then your steps are going to be guided differently. You see, there's, there's a way that he will do it. This is so important. He never leaves us alone. But we leave our awareness of him. We leave our awareness of him. You know, when I have that rehearsal in my head of the conversation where I'm going to give somebody a piece of my mind, the piece they don't need. I have lost awareness of God. I'm going to say, no condemnation. When he helps me to realize, I mean, now I've got this revelation when I start going there, I sometimes laugh out loud at myself because usually, and I've told you guys this before, it's when I'm putting my makeup on and I'm getting ready to go out somewhere and I'm going to see whoever is the person. So I lose my awareness of him and I walk apart from his leading. He's right there with me, just like in the Garden of Eden. He was right there. Adam, where are you? Adam, God's omniscient. He knew where Adam was, physically and mentally and emotionally. He knew exactly where he was. And he was coming with words of life. God 
always comes with words of life. God, even his convicting words by the Holy Spirit that say, not a cool thing you're doing, Kath. They come with life. They're not meant to make me feel ashamed. They are meant for me to become aware, yet just step the crazy place. But you see, this is why he says, walk with me all the days of your life. Think about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. So I want you to think about, you know, like from here on in, as you look at your life, you may think, well, I don't sin. I'm, I'm good. I go to church, you know. But remember that sin is not a deed. So if we, be, if we allow ourselves to get unaware of God, unaware of his love, unaware of his strength, unaware of his gracing, unaware of his acceptance, not just of me. I need to be aware of his acceptance of other people because I'm capable of anything if I forget how much he loves the world. You know, it's like I just want to sort of like do an alarm system or something throughout the body of Christ like, oh, wake up. Did anybody in your child Christian experience here, John 3, 16, first verse I ever learned. For God so loved the world that he gave. See, even that, I'm part of the world. He gave himself for me. So I could be aware of his presence. So we, we walk apart from his leading. We lean into our own understanding and then we're capable, we're enabled of making crazy decisions. And you don't have to be like full-on adult to make crazy decisions. I wasn't. I started making crazy decisions at about 11 or 12. I know, that's really sad. So we make decisions based on our own perspective and perceptions. And then you can begin to live in places of shame and guilt and forget that you're completely accepted no matter what you say or do. You can forget that, which only empowers you more to live crazy because you feel like, what's the difference? I've already gone this far. See, there's power in both God's love and the enemy's hate. So we walk according to our own perspectives and perceptions. This is how our minds get set wrongly. Now I want to read um, 2 Corinthians. And this is, um, you know, some of Paul's teaching that's so familiar to us. 2 Corinthians 10, um, 4 and 5. And you'll, when I read, you'll, it's familiar to you. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. And I wrote in my margin there, it's not religion. The tools of our trade aren't for religion. In fact, the, the real tools of the trade don't work in religion. Because there's no peace in religion. Because there's no love in religion. Which means there's torment. So our tools of our trade aren't for marketing and manipulation but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. Do you know, sometimes I think we blame the culture out, 
out there in the world, and we don't realize that God is building a culture inside of us. He wants each one of us inside our own selves to have a culture based on relationship with him. This is some of what Abel was teaching last week. We, we should live inside with him where he's constantly reassuring us, I love you, I accept you. But Jesus, you know what I did today. Yes, I know what you did today. I don't want you to set your mind on that. I want you to set your mind on me, and I'm going to walk you, and he'll, he'll give you scriptures. The more scripture you know, the more he'll pull out scriptures and use them to strengthen you, to cause a force of Holy Spirit strength to be inside you. You know, sometimes I think we're worried like, well, I won't, what if I don't remember the scriptures? The Bible says that in a time of need, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance what will give you power at that moment. So, so often, what I said at the beginning, we try to walk like good Christians. We try to walk holy. And we can't by ourselves. Because if we could, Jesus didn't need to do what he did. Can I tell you something? Jesus didn't walk holy on his own. He said, I can't do anything except the Father guide me. My words aren't even my words. I'm going to ask you a question. This is going to really trip you out, but anyways, I don't care. You think Jesus ever had a crazy thought? He was human. But he always returned to God. He never acted stuff out. Because the Bible tells us that he was tempted in every way like us. I'm, I'm sorry if it's difficult for you to see Jesus that human. But it's imperative that you do. Otherwise, you'll never believe you can walk this life by the power of God. The, talking about the massively corrupt culture that actually all the culture out there started inside humans' brains. So if we're going to change the culture out there, we got to adjust the culture in here with Jesus' help, Right? Y'all with me? Because honestly, guys, some things have to change in the church of Jesus Christ. We can't keep sitting on blue chairs that are so comfortable and just thinking, we're doing okay, we're doing okay. I just want to make it through to heaven. Seriously, that wasn't God's intent to begin with, or he never would have said, let there be light. If all he wanted was us to come to heaven, why are we still here? Why isn't the new birth where you leave and go? I'm just posing questions because we've got to quit thinking like Cloned individuals. We've got to start living with God on the inside and saying, Lord, how do you want me to express your beauty, your love, your acceptance, your holiness? What will holiness look like? See, if all you think is holiness is all this cute church stuff, you'll never really understand the creative zest and zeal inside of you. I mean, what if you're masterfully brilliant in business? But you think, well, it's a corrupt situation out there. So what? Get in it and be upright. I mean, seriously, guys, come on. We want miracles. Well, they're not going to just show up. They're in us. I mean, seriously, they're like in our brains. And then we th- we, it comes and he says, okay, this is what I want you to do today. What? I can't do that. I mean, even Moses was like that. I got a stutter. I can't do that. I'm not going to talk to Pharaoh. He's like, yeah, you are. And take Aaron with you. I mean, like a power team. 
superheroes. Let my people go. That's what I'm saying to y'all. Let yourself go. Goodness. Um, we use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies. If you've got any religious stuff inside you telling you this is how you should act if you're a good Christian, smash it. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. I grew up in a denomination that said, you are nothing more than a sinner saved by grace. I come and get baptized in the Holy Spirit and hear Pastor Barry teaching from the scripture, you are not a sinner anymore. You're the righteousness of God. You are the rightness of God. Well, what about the things I do wrong? I don't look at them. I'm not accounting them to you. I've washed them away. Every time you do another crazy thing, Kathy, it washes away. Will you let yourself believe that I wash your sin away? I wash your crazy brain. Every time you think, if you'll let me come back in, I'm like, oh yeah, Jesus, I was doing that conversation again. I want to smack her. And he says, but you don't need to smack her. It, you'll never, some people he has told me, they'll never agree with you. Don't waste your time. Love them. Love them where they're at. They don't have to agree with me to walk with me. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying tonight. I love you anyhow. The truth of God fitting every loose thought. <laughs> I've had some loose thoughts. Good. What you talking about? Today. I had some crazy loose thoughts today, right? My friends are like, here, they know. Whew, Lord Jesus. I'm, give me a couple more minutes. Loose thoughts and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. He can take your crazy and shape it. He can, I can stand in front of you and I can testify that I was not well-behaved. But I have the privilege now to sow the word of God to you all. How gracious is our Heavenly Father that He's not looking at my crazy and saying, You dirty, filthy teenager, you, you're never. No, he's, he's, I see now. Not a cool place I walked. If any parents need to let their kids talk, I'll talk to you. But He changed my thinking. I don't have to go there anymore. Oh, you're coming up? Okay. <laughs> you know I love you, right? <laughs> um, the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. If we can let go of all the time thinking like, gosh, if they really knew a living faith, what a sinner I am. No, no, no. Because the flip side of that is some people that think, if they knew what a good Christian I was. That's just a different kind of ditch. But they're both ditches. Anything that is me doing it, it's not the kind of holiness God's talking about. Okay, I'm going to finish with this. 1 Peter chapter 1. Are you all okay? Chapter 1, verse 13. Where the heck is verse 13? So roll up your sleeves. 
Put your mind in gear. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming as Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip into back, slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then. You do now. See, after tonight, <laughs> you sat here and you listened to me. So you know better now. As obedient children, and remember, our, we can be obedient when God empowers us. Because like he even gives us the want to. Like if you don't want to be obedient right now, you, you be honest. Jesus, I don't want to behave right. I've done that on numerous things, even since I've been in ministry. I don't want to behave right in that area. I'm like fed up. But I give you permission to change my mind. See, the minute I do that, I just submitted to God. I just tuck myself under the redemptive love and the power of the Holy Spirit. You didn't know any better then. You do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy, you be holy. He didn't say, I am holy, you do holy. He said, I'm holy, you be holy. Why? Because you are sealed up with Christ in God. Father, we thank you for truth. I pray, Father, that you will use the things that I've shared tonight. I believe they're your heart. I believe that these are such amazing people in this room. They're hungry. They love you. They love people. Um, they want to see adjustments to their own lives, but also to the life and church of Jesus Christ, that, that we would truly represent your love and your goodness. And so, Father, I just thank you that you'll take the word. And, um, and if anybody had a problem with anything I say, I thank you, Father, that you can come to me freely and um, ask questions. And we just, we declare, we love you tonight, God. We just, we love what you're doing. And so we love what you're doing in our household here at Living Faith. And we just say, have your way with us. Just like you wanted to come up in front of me and unlock and play my heart like a keyboard. I just pray, Father, that by your spirit, you would cause others in this room to just truly want to give you their heart to play as the instrument of beauty that you intended them to be. So we just say amen. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. Have a good week here.